This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 129, Turtle Power. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise, you are. was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to Strangers and Aliens, where we talk about faith, fiction, and a bunch of random things that have nothing to do with either. But anyway, <laughs> my name is Dr. Jason O'Neill, and I am flanked, outflanked here with, uh, with Ben Avery and Steve MacDonald. Uh, hi, I'm Ben Avery. I'm on one flank. And I am the uh, the other flanker, the flanky, the, the flunky, what is it? I'm the other guy, Steve yeah. McDonald. And today we have an exciting topic. I know it's one that you've been waiting for for years. Since we've had this podcast, you've been waiting for this one episode. We've sat through 130 episodes of Drek to finally get to the gem. Yes, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a Half Shell. Turtle Power. <laughs> I've had this song going through my head all day. So, well, let's just start there then because you have this, you know, you've been playing the song in your head. And I don't actually know what your guys' view are. So let's just talk about what our experience is with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So what was your first exposure to Turtles, Ben? Okay, my first actual exposure, if not – more you know engaged exposure was sitting in class in grade six or seven and the kid behind me had this book and it was how to draw the mutant ninja turtles or (laughs) something along those lines and it it was early on like i had never heard of teenage mutant ninja turtles ever and i was really really intrigued but we didn't have a comic shop that was near enough for me to actually go to i bought my comics at the um local uh, uh, gas station when I was walking home. And so I, uh, that year was the year that I started, you know, buying my Spider-Mans and my Avengers and my Fantastic Fours with my own money and that kind of thing. Mutant Ninja Turtles was not on my radar until the cartoon, two things came out. The cartoon came out and I started getting catalogs to um, collectible, uh, uh, collectible places like uh, uh, Mile High Comics and some of those kind of places where they you in the comics they would have a page ad and you could write in and get their catalog and so I was getting those catalogs. That's how I knew about um, Frank Miller. That's how I knew about Watchmen. That's how I knew about 
these comics that I just wasn't exposed to because I didn't have a comic shop. And Ninja Turtles was huge. And then the cartoon happened at the same time. And so the cartoon, I was probably late junior high. Yeah, it was eighth grade and high school when the cartoon started coming out. But we still thought it was cool. And, you know, I had my buddies come over and we role play Friday evening. And then Saturday morning, we'd be watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um, and I remember my dad just kind of trying to figure this out. You know, he's, he's, he, I remember him actually coming downstairs one time. We're playing or we're uh, watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And my dad comes down. And he's just dating Christian's finest. <laughs> watching yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. You nice. know. So anyway, that's my exposure. I loved the cartoon, even though I knew that it wasn't as good as the comic. But I honestly didn't read any of the comics until college or later. So, wow, that's my experience. Uh, Steve, well, for me it was a little different. You know, I'm the 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 elder here or the ancient one, I guess. And um, I, I think, think was, uh, I think the official term is old fart. <clears throat> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the year was 1987, and NASA had launched the last of America's deep space probes <laughs> in a freak mishap. <laughs> no, wait, this is something different. That's uh, Buck Rogers, right? I think it was 1985, and um, I was just starting to collect comics, and well, my friends were like... impressive that you can remember a, a year. 85 is the year Ninja Turtles first came out, right? 84, yeah. I think, was when it first came out. I, I just know it was right before 1986, <clears throat> which is why we didn't talk about it in that podcast. <laughs> but um, I think in 1985, I, I just started to, to start collecting stuff, and I was getting turned on to lots of different um, cool comic books that were coming out. And, you know, there was DC, and then there was Marvel, and then there was these, you know, copies of comics printed in a sewer or something like that and they were just garbagey comics and lousy things and you didn't want to buy them and then all of a sudden something came out called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles which was laughable at the time because you had you know Fantastic Four and you had the, the you know Teen Titans and stuff like that and then you had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and it just it was ridiculous but they said no get past the title and read the comic book and I, I think I picked up like issue three or something, issue four or something actual on, you know, on the newsstand. And um, I was like, whoa, you know, they, they, they can, you know, do this in a comic book. I mean, it was just like gritty and, and um, uh, it, it wasn't like funny animals. It wasn't like, you know, the, the carrot crew or whatever the stupid thing is. It was Captain Carrot and the zoo crew. Yeah, it wasn't that. It, it was it was this gritty dark black and white you know this thing and and the first issue had already been in like the seventh printing or something ridiculous like that and i'm like how can this possibly be i mean don't they print like a million copies of these no they're independent comics yeah independent comics is that the name of the company no (laughs) (laughs) it was completely new to us you know we there was independent comics sure but they were like the dell comics and things like that which you know, you, you would find in your Christmas stocking. You know, this was this was ridiculous. This was new. This was like this. Pr- was, well, it was printed in some. It, it looks like it was printed in someone's basement or in the Kinkos. Yeah. You know, I mean, it it really did. And 
this is what's cool about it, but it's it, what's funny about it is, yeah, the title makes it look like it's just some ridiculous cartoon on Saturday morning. The inside is really gritty. My exposure to, to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it all happened about the same time, both the cartoon and the comic book. And uh, I don't actually remember which one was first, but I remember thinking, wow, uh, the cartoon and the comic book are very, very different. The cartoon is very kid-like. And the uh, comic book is very not. But I remember in school, when we were waiting for the buses all to arrive, we, they put us in the auditorium and they played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the television in front of us. But it was a tiny little television set <laughs> at the very front of this very large auditorium. So you couldn't really <laughs> see anything, but you could hear all the quips and the music. So that's where that song, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes in a Half Shell, Turtle Power. You heard you heard that continually, and you couldn't see anything. So all we're back there, you know, kind of saying the lines, "Go Bunga, dude," yeah. and you know all those kinds of things. <laughs> and then my friends were like, "Hey, you know," and we'd look at the comic books, and we're like, "This is cool because you know we're doing the kid thing, but these are like grown-up comic books because look at that word and look at this right here." <laughs> and and I remember that later on, uh, just a couple years later on, in my. Uh, an industrial technology class. We had this project where we had to make something and sell it. So my suggestion was to make Ninja Turtles t-shirts and we did. We made them and then we sold them and we raised money. So <laughs> those were bootleg? my... You made bootleg? <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't was, you mean Ninja Turtles stuff? It, yeah, it was educational so I think it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least according to our our teacher, your teacher lied to you. <laughs> well, but there is, there is a line of fair use, possibly, maybe. It would be way over that line. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So I know for a fact, though, Doctor Jace, this is the Team Ninja Turtles, is one of your favorite franchises of all time. Yes, right? it is. It and is. So I know it's. This is a a topic that's near and dear to your heart. And one that it's timely, too, because of the movie at the end of summer. Right. So um, I (laughs) and for me, Ninja Turtles is more just, okay. this is my industry and this is a huge part of my industry. But I wasn't like a huge fan of Ninja Turtles. Um, I just enjoy it because it is it's quality stuff. It's good stuff. Um, Well, yeah. And that's what's so interesting about it is that it seems so ridiculous. Yet it's really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, it's meant to be a parody of Daredevil, with all the ninja stuff and kind of that Frank Miller Daredevil at that time. In yeah. fact, the ooze that uh, you know from the original origin yep. story is actually the radioactive waste that splashed Matt Murdock when he saved the person from you know the, getting knocked out of the way of the truck. Yeah, and so, like that, that was the implication was the thing that made Daredevil become Daredevil is also the thing that mutated. Yeah. The, those pet turtles from the sewer. And instead of the hand, they battled the foot. Exactly, because the hand yeah. was Daredevil's enemies and the foot was the Ninja Turtles. It would have been even worse if they would have called them the elbows, but still. <laughs> <laughs> the wrists. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the knuck. Well, the knuckles wouldn't sound too bad. The earlobes. That would have been bad. <laughs> it's too bad that they never had an, a team up. That's true. You know, I mean, you know, cross company team ups happened. They had yeah. Archie versus Punisher. Yeah, Why not Daredevil and the and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? 
So, <laughs> well, let, let me ask you guys that. Let me ask you that question. All right. If you could take Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and have a crossover with any other superhero or comic book franchise, who would it be? Would it be Daredevil or would it be something else? It would, it would be Daredevil for me because I'm just, you know, completist that way. I would see it as sort of like, you know, the, the full circle, you know, the, the coming around to its actual origins mm-hmm. and then having them, you know, do something meaningful together would just like, you know, bring that whole thing into completion. And then it could actually even uh, – uh, very few of those cross-company crossovers matter. But mm-hmm. this one actually would have – it would matter because of what happened before if not what happens after. Right. Um, there was one. It was a Madman crossover with Superman. And in the crossover, Madman got some of Superman's powers. Right. And after that was done – he kept those extra that extra strength afterward. He was still powered up afterward, mm-hmm. so that actually mattered. But um, I would, you know, honestly, uh, Spider Man. To me, Spider Man and Mutant Ninja Turtles would make a great team up, just because of their attitudes. And I'd want earlier Spider Man, kind of, you know, so they're, they're similar ages too. They're 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 still teenagers together. I, I would love to see um, the turtles versus. And then later team up with Batman and Nightwing. Because hmm. I just think it would be interesting because they both lurk in the shadows and you can mix things up. And I would just like to see Raphael's attitude with Batman and then Mike, how Batman responds to Michelangelo. I just think it would be a very interesting dynamic. Yeah. Honestly, if Mutant Ninja Turtles were to team up with someone from DC, I think it would be Batman. Um, with with Marvel, if it actually happened, Wolverine. That's who. That's who they would go with, yeah, or Deadpool. Cool. Or I mean, th- that's who they would choose. But I'd like to see them with Spider Man. I think that they would they be able to you know make the quips together. Yeah, you know? and I think they get along. You know, and afterwards going out for pizza. Yeah, I think Spider Man <laughs> would be down for that. Daredevil, I don't know. Yeah, I think Batman would have a problem when once the turtles actually found his cave because they would. (laughs) You know how they'd find it is they'd find it through the sewer system. Yeah, exactly. Somehow or another, that's that's the way it would happen. You you could just see Raphael skateboarding and eating pizza, talking on a cell phone, losing track of time. And he happens to stumble in and he (laughs) he stumbles at the feet of this dark figure. He looks up and it's this cowled man and he knocks him out. And that's the last thing he sees. But uh, (laughs) but then the other three have to come and find him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then to see, you know, anyway, well, that's a whole nother Donatello's technology. There's some interesting dynamics there. But so there's been a lot of different incarnations of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, different uh, movies that they've done and cartoons that they've done. What is your favorite incarnation? Comic books, one of the car- old cartoon, newer cartoons, what are they? For me, it's definitely the old cartoon is kind of the one that sticks with me, um, mainly because I never read the comics very much. I read just a couple issues here and there. Um, but I will give props and a shout out to the uh, the CGI animated Mutant Ninja Turtles that came TM- out. TMNT? Yeah, yeah, which was – I mean it was a standalone movie, although it was technically a, a sequel to the original movie – I don't know if it's a, if if they include like the 
the follow-up movies, uh, Secret of the Ooze and Turtles in Time or whatever. Yeah. In that, but I think it's kind of like that. Superman Returns is not a sequel to Superman Four. It's a sequel to well, Superman especially the, the third one where they go in time. The second one was a little bit closer, but still different than the first one. But that third one in time, they jumped the shark. I never saw that one. I, I actually want to just because I love time travel. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I like, I like the puppetry, and the yeah. live action Mutant Ninja Turtles series that came out when Power Rangers was big, where they had Venus de Milo as the fifth turtle, as a girl turtle, <laughs> um, that the puppetry there is really fantastic. Um, you know, that, that technology of, of, uh, the, the facial, facial movements and stuff like that, that they kind of have been building up since fraggles and then to dinosaurs and, and then to, um, you know, the, that mutant Ninja turtle type of thing. But, um, that TM and T movie is fantastic. Yeah. Really uh-huh. well made. Yeah, I agree. I'll I'll comment on that a little bit later. But yeah, I agree with you, Steve. Um, I think it would probably be a tie between the original uh, comic books, especially like the first. I, I forget how many, like six or eight issues. Um, where I think after that they were sort of you know looking for story ideas, but they had to publish something. <laughs> but you know the the first uh, good story arc and the um, the micro series. Um, that or uh, alternately the Turtles Forever uh, series wrap up, I guess, from the 2003 series, where you had you know three different incarnations of the the Turtles all together, and uh, that was that was really cool. I would have to say that for me, uh, Ben, I agree with you. I think the the animated movie, the TMNT movie, was. Really, really well done. And in fact, it had one of my mo- my most favorite part because it finally it finally showed. Uh, because I personally think the thing that that I really love about the turtles that I'm always drawn to is the relationship between Raphael and Leonardo. Uh, Leonardo is the is the responsible official leader, so to speak. The um, the most um, Disciplined and Raphael is probably the strongest, uh, but he's a loose cannon. And I love those dynamics because, I, like I think I've shared this before, is I feel a, a kind of a pull between the two, like my responsibility to lead, and yet my natural instinct to kind of do my own thing. Yeah, and I I love that dynamic. And in TMNT, what it showed was that relationship, but I really liked it because Raphael actually beats Leonardo. Leonardo didn't, doesn't think he can, but in the comic books and in a lot of the storylines, Raphael really is the strongest of all the turtles. Um, but th- I, that's why I'll have to say that my actual favorite is the original movie because it also plays on that same dynamic of brothers also uh, the relationship with Splinter and Raphael struggled to kind of want to do his own thing. And the weight he feels when his master is taken. And I just love that first incarnation that really kind of, I'll tell you this, you guys know, I don't like to watch movies a lot. I mean, what I mean by that is I don't like to watch the same movies over and over and over again. If I watch a movie twice, I want it to be something that I enjoy. I remember when I was younger, when I was a kid and that movie, that turtles movie came out, 
I watched that thing over and over, literally for days. We just keep watching <laughs> over and over. I, I think co- we counted that we watched it within a time frame. I don't remember what it was, but over a hundred times. That tape, <laughs> that tape was beat up. Now, the second version was not as good, and the third one was pretty lame. What do you mean? You mean the movies? You you mean the sequels? Okay. Yes. Second one was okay, but uh, just because of the the vanilla vanilla ice thing, and then uh, that third one was pretty lame. But I I love that first (laughs) live-action movie. Love it. That first live-action movie, I feel, is actually better than it should be. Uh, or better than than it would be uh, under usual circumstances for a licensed kind of thing like that. Um, they they hit perfectly with that movie, um, which is why you have the sequels because that first one was so good um, compared to compared to what it normally would have been a live action translation of a Saturday morning cartoon based on a comic book. But that's where I think I think they based it more on the comic book. They were capitalizing on the popularity of the cartoon because a lot of people were complaining that it was too dark for the cartoon. In reality, they were trying to make it more in in tone like the comic book, which is what I liked about it. I liked it that it was a little bit darker and a little bit damper, and I didn't like the the other ones because they did make it brighter. And I'm like, hey, that's why the first one was so good. Well, yeah, the first movie was a toned down version of the comic book or a darkened version of the the cartoon and i think it teenage mutant ninja turtles is similar to batman in 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 my thinking in that you can have these different versions i mean you had oh yeah you had the original um you know the the eastman and laird i think is that how you say his name Mm -hmm. the eastman and laird comic was going on at the same time as the archie comic that was based on the cartoon and you can find them both on the, on the shelves and they both worked. You can take these characters and, and make them work. Um, they, they have appeal that, that crosses age groups uh, and can work in different styles and genres of, of story, just like Batman. Some characters just don't work that way. Superman is one that I, I don't feel like there's a lot. I don't, I don't feel like Superman has the same kind of, um, the versatility. Make, yeah, if they were to make Superman like his original concept less strong, then you could probably do some interesting things, but still. Well, but, but even like uh, something like Iron Man, there's not a lot of versatility to Iron Man. There are certain types of stories you can tell about Iron Man, but with Batman, you can do Batman 66, and it really works well. You can do um, Tim Burton. Batman. You can yeah. do um, uh, Christopher Nolan. You can do ba- uh, Brave and the Bold. Yeah, and the same, series. yeah, and the same thing with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah, dark, I agree. gritty, black and white comic, bright, flashy, simplistic Saturday morning cartoon. And I, so. I, I think that that live action, that first live action, is also probably my favorite voice casting of all the characters as well. When I think of those characters, I think of their voices. It wasn't Corey Feldman one of them. Yes, he was Donat- <laughs> He was Donatello. Yeah. Wow. I know. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I don't you know see, why at, it's cool. but At the time when, when I was going through it, uh, when they cast, cast the voices, it was for me personally, I thought the casting was not good because, you know, I was 
past that age. I was, you know, in my 20s. So I'm like, oh, what do I want to see, you know, child actors, you know, doing the voices for these characters? Actually, I didn't think uh, some of several of them were not that young. In fact, I think all of the voices in that movie had actual cameos. And Raphael's was he was either the taxi driver or the or the passenger of the taxi. And he was definitely older. He's the one with the Bronx kind of strong. Well, maybe Brooke, I can't remember. Uh, strong New York accent. Uh, so, Dr. Jace, what is it that makes this one of your favorite franchises? What is it that makes you so excited about the a movie that is quite possibly going to be bad, but you have hope for it? What, what's the deal here? <laughs> uh, well, I would say that I'm okay with them changing things, some things. It's just like you guys talked about how Batman can have different arc, in, in, uh, incarnations. I also think that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles can also survive different incarnations. Like even, even the cartoon versus the comic books, things were were different. So, I'm you know I don't trust Michael Bay, but he's producing, he's not directing it. So I'm hoping that helps. Um, have you watched any of the trailers? I have. Are you, does that inspire hope, or does that cause you to say, "Oh man"? <laughs> I, um, actually. I would say that to me it goes well. Um, when I saw the, the trailers, I go, it could be good or it could be bad. I, th- I would say that the things I liked, I liked that it, they they did provide a different shape and size to all the turtles. I like that Raphael is bigger than all of them uh, because that just kind of fits his motif. Um, you know, the other ones, it's kind of a wait and see. I don't really know much about the story. I don't know what they're going to do. Some of the action looked like it was kind of cool. Um, the technology's improved since the first movies. So it really comes down if the story's good. Or the characters. Well, yes. Because the, the characters could possibly carry a bad story. Um, as long as it's cool characters doing the cool action and not just characters that you don't care about. Yeah. yeah. And... Because that's kind of the way I was looking. Well, I'm not going to say anything more about any other movies or anything like that. So, what, but, what, Let me ask, why do you think – why do you think – I personally – I've shared my view is that what I think makes this story so interesting for me is the relationship between Leonardo and Raphael. Both of them trying to find their place in the world and taking very different approaches to what that looks like. And uh, so what do you guys think makes Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Why has it lasted? Why, why are people, why did it explode initially? And why is it not dying? Why does it keep coming back? What is unique about it that keeps drawing people to it? I, I think one reason that it was popular initially was because just that time in the 80s where you would just have these kind of fads, you know, Pac-Man, and suddenly on the radio, you had a Pac-Man song. You had Pac-Man in the arcades. You had Pac-Man on TV with a cartoon. You had Pac-Man cereal and all that kind of thing. And unlike today, where everything's kind of spread out over different media and forms of you know the ways you consume it and everything like that, you're never going to have the same kind of fads as you had back then. Um, right. But Cabbage Patch Dolls. Everyone mm-hmm. wants one. Why? Because everyone wants one, you know? Yep. 
So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think, hit at a just a perfect moment. It's ninjas. It's riding the wave of that that valley boy surfer dude type of um, attitude that uh-huh. no one really had, but that felt <laughs> retro cool, you know. And you have these. It's the attitude and the characters that really were endearing, but then you also had the ninja action and that's what made it hit and stick. All the other ones that came behind it that were kind of um, trying to capitalize on that and, and rip it off. um, They weren't hitting, they weren't sticking because they were just ripping off and didn't quite understand what was, what really worked with the Ninja Turtles. But that's, that's my feeling about, about why, why it's interesting and why it's stuck around. What about you, Steve? Well, I think Jace is hitting it a little bit with the brotherhood aspect of it. And I think one of the things that made it really work was uh, the character of Raphael, where you have this, you know, this rogue, this bad seed, you know, the, 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 the black sheep. Um, and he's always got to be you know, almost catered to, but at the same time, they don't want to cater to him. They want him just to toe the line. And so he's, he's always this sticking point, but he always has to be part of the team. It's, it's not a team without him. You know, they can go off and do their own things, but they always need to come back and, and have that core. I think Raphael is sort of the, the linchpin for the entire, for the entire team. Well, yeah, that's why I, I really like, those storylines because to me when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are the strongest because I know the cartoon highlighted Michelangelo because it was the fun it's kind of like they they kind of made all the characters a little bit like Michelangelo but he was (laughs) the the stereotypical turtle with the California thing Mm -hmm. but whenever I've seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles work the best Raphael and Leonardo were at the forefront and both struggling in some ways fighting for leadership in some ways and uh, and then just trying to work out a relationship on some ways too. I'll tell you the only reason I know the roles of the turtles though is because of the song where it's it's Leonardo leads, okay? Donatello does machines, okay? He's the brains. Raphael is cool but crude, okay? He's got attitude. <laughs> and Michelangelo is a party dude. Party. Yeah. Um, but I I agree the family dynamic the characters, the way they play off each other and have fun, but then there's also you know that kind of give and take and, and push and pull, um, that adds a little bit of depth then to the fad, and yeah. even that was that was even in the cartoon a little bit and uh, definitely in the movies and especially TMNT, TMNT that CGI movie, I was really surprised by it when I went and saw it. I remember I, I was alone in the theater. I was in I think Minnesota. I'm not sure, but. It was in a weird theater in a weird place. I don't remember why I was there, um, but it wasn't around here. And it was it was cool. It was interesting. It was emotional, and it was exciting action. And so that's you know that's kind of that's kind of what appeals to to me. If I'm looking for a good mutant ninja turtle story, that's what I'm going to look for. And that gave it to me. I think what it, why it works because it started off working with with preteens or teenagers, you know, somewhere in that age range, is because in a way it's a story about finding your way. You or, you feel awkward. You feel like you're an outcast. You feel 
like you're on the outs. And so I think that, you know, young people kind of identified with that to some degree. Uh, yeah, sure. Because you know what? These guys, they're on the outs, but they're on the outs together. Yeah, exactly. You know, and they're a group of friends. They're tight knit. And so, you know what? Even the the worst, you know, little click that, that you know, the, the goofiest, nerdiest click in school. They've got each other. And on weekends, they're, you know, eating pizza together. I mean, that's yeah. that's what I, 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 I had my group like that. Yep. Where, like I said, you know, in high school, we're playing role playing games in, in the cafeteria <laughs> at school during lunch. Yep. You know, OK, not the coolest thing, not the hippest thing. You know, we were not going to win any popularity prizes um, at our school, but we had each other. And when you look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they definitely play that up. These guys have each other. They're going to go through an episode. They might fight with each other during an episode. But by the time the episode's done, they're getting pizza and delivered fact, those, to the sewer and they're no, going to eat it like, together. No, no, it's like this. They're going to fight. In fact, the best stories are when they do fight. But if someone else messes with their brother, oh, yeah. you better watch out. Yeah. Because yeah. even in the moments, like if, if you mess with Leonardo and Raphael, sometimes you just can't stand Leonardo. But if somebody else messes with his brother you may as well just go and hide and sell because he will tear the city down to take you yeah. down. Yeah. And um, so that actually, um, let me ask you guys, that leads it because everybody has their favorite character. I remember when we were, when I was growing up, I had my friends and we all kind of had our, our, who we each of us were. And, you know, we actually had more than four. So I think the fifth one was Casey Jones. And so, <laughs> yes, nice. Um, I thought you were going to say so, Venus de Milo. <laughs> no, that, no. <laughs> that, that that that's my my least favorite incarnation. But really? anyway, wow. yeah, it wasn't a very good show. Yeah, this show was the, pretty the puppetry. Lame. I watched. I mean, I'm an adult when I was watching that one, but the the puppetry of the faces was cool. But the show just made me, oh, it just made me want to rip out my eyes, <laughs> or maybe my my brain. At least the part of my brain that's looking for story, good story. But anyway, keep going. Sorry, Doctor Jason. So so we are. You know, we all had our favorites. And to me, I actually went and studied in Europe. So I actually studied each of the artists, Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael. I've actually seen the artwork. So so to me, that actually added even more depth uh, in my mind to how different they are. Because Donatello did a lot of bronze stuff. And Michelangelo, of course, we know Michelangelo. What I thought was interesting is that Raphael was actually, at the time, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go back. But I, I remember I went to the Sistine Chapel, which was Michelangelo's. Mm -hmm. But then I went over and I saw where Raphael did his competing work, which is so amazing. I mean, it is phenomenal. But where Michelangelo's was more religious, Raphael's was more secular. And his, the, his use of color was just amazing. Of course, Leonardo went to a whole museum just dedicated to Leonardo. So... I to me there's even those components to it. But let me ask you guys. Who is your favorite character? And if it's different, who are you more like? Hmm. Ooh, nice. Nice way to split that up. I like that. I always I, just because I think he was the leader for me it was Leonardo. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and just because I find myself when I'm watching a show like that, naturally, 
you know, if I'm not really invested in the show, you know, where I'm like really digging deep, um, it was just, oh, Leonardo, he's the leader, you know. And so I was always if, – if he was in conflict with anyone else, I was always on his side, you know, because <laughs> he's the leader. And yeah. so, you know, mm-hmm. you don't you – don't, you can voice your difference with him, but you need to figure this out, man. You know, he's the leader. He's the one who's going to say, hey, this is where – but that's in the in, yeah in the in the in the comic book that's a little bit different of a scenario. But yeah, but, but for, who do you most like? I don't know. I don't know. That that's what's hard is because, like I said, I haven't sat down and really studied the characters. Or, um, I mean, it's been years since I've watched the cartoon, um, or or the movies, and so I don't know who I'm more like. Maybe Donatello. That's what I was thinking for you. I think so. I think that's where I would go. Because he, he's the more the, the like creative guy is like, you know, tinkering and stuff like that, right? Yeah. yeah. You know how I know that? Donatello Machine. does machines. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay then. All right, Steve, your turn. Um, well, early on, uh, Raphael was the, the character that stood out the most. So um, he was my favorite for a while but you know in the same way that Wolverine was my favorite for a while and you know it's sort of after a while it just stopped being my favorite because I didn't want to like characters like that anymore <laughs> you know the the anti-hero um became a you know a word that people would use for you know that those types of characters the punisher and mm-hmm. and things like that so when i when I think about it, I mean, the, Donatello was cool because he used a staff. And if you're ever playing the turtles, you know, one long stick is easier to find than, you know, <laughs> anything else that represents the, the weapons. So um, finding a sigh, you're saying really it, hard. it's it's yeah. hard to find one stick that has three ends to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that I like to do when I have things like that a broom or whatever is you know whip it around like <laughs> like a bow staff um and i got to appreciate that weapon uh this some of the auxiliary i don't know auxiliary is the wrong word but some of the other comic books that came out around the same time i don't know if anyone knows this but it, like you mentioned before there was how to draw the teenage mutant ninja turtles and uh, there was learn ninjutsu from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> and you know the, each of the weapons they had a comic book where it taught you how to use those weapons and uh, I just I got to appreciate the bow staff because it's it's a close range weapon yet it's long enough that it can be you know you can easily put someone else out of their range if they have a handheld weapon and still use yours um so uh, I think fighting style as a, a a fighter Donatello would be more um, who I would gravitate to, but uh, I think my favorite uh, was Leonardo in the long run. I would say that um, first of all, there's parts of all of them that I really like because there's parts of them that I feel I connect yeah. with because Leonardo is the leader, responsible one. Donatello is the intellectual or or the curious one to find out something new, and Michelangelo's the the fun, easygoing, and Raphael is the brooding kind of rebellious one. And I said this before, um, 
you know, I've always kind of gone back and forth that between Leonardo and Raphael, but I have to say my favorite character is Raphael. I've, I've always liked that character. Let me ask you this, Dr. Jace. Yes. The Raphael-Leonardo question, who do you like better, Luke Skywalker or Han Solo? When I was growing up, I identified with Luke. But who do you like better now? Uh, now, who I like better, Han Solo. Yeah. See, I think that that's... I, I, I'm not sure that this is purely down the line, but the question of Leonardo or Raphael, Luke, Han Solo, Superman, Batman, no, Cyclops, where, Wolverine. Yeah, that's where it's different for me because I've, there's been season in my life where I like Cyclops better. If you ask me now, I'd say I like Wolverine, but that's probably because I've seen him more. If okay. you ask me Superman or Batman, all my life I would have said Superman, but I really like the stories better of Batman, at least in the movie context. But Superman's my favorite character. So it's not always that way. In this case, when I, when I was exposed, in fact, I was probably at an earlier age, even though I was exposed to all of them, there was a, a season where I was more exposed to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles more than anything. And and so Raphael was my anti-hero. It was I liked him, you know, even better than Batman back in the day, or <laughs> better than 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 Wolverine. There was a season where he was my anti-hero. He was my all of that wrapped up in one. In fact, I, when we made our list of our top hundred characters, he was very high on my list. Um, That's what kept him but, on the list is because I don't think either of us brought him in. But but you had him yeah. high enough to get points to get in. Yeah, it's because you guys were deceived. But <laughs> we, um, if I were to say, I think there were in times in my life, especially when I was younger, where I was definitely far more like Raphael. If you were to ask me now, I'd probably say I'm a little bit more like Leonardo. But I still, you know, I still have that Raphael back there every now and then. I think that if we're talking about Christian elements. I think that's been part of my growth process is that um, I probably naturally was like Raphael when I was younger. I, you know, I was, I was a handful, but I think as God has worked in my heart, I've become a little bit more like Leonardo, although I think it's okay to have a little Raphael in there every now and then. Um, now I see, I'm looking at these characters and a lot of times I take, uh, the primary characters of a story. So I'm going to ask you this, Dr. Jace, where you, how you think this yeah. works. Cause I, I look at like Kirk, Spock and McCoy, you yeah. know, and you have mind, body and soul mind yeah. for Spock, body for Kirk and soul for McCoy. So, um, you know, soul is more of the emotion. Body is more of the reaction and soul is more of, or and mind yeah. is more of the, the thought. What do you think for these guys then? W- would it be accurate? Leonardo is, the body Donatello is the mind and Raphael is the soul, but then no, Michelangelo, I, I don't know where he would fit in there. No, I would actually, I would actually change that. I would say Leonardo is actually the mind because, and I think Donatello is the one that gets left out. He's the brain, oh, okay. but, he's, but he's not the mind. I think Leonardo is the disciplined one. He is the one that comes up with the, the strategies and, and, the, and he, he, if someone, he would be the one that trained them if something happened to Splinter. I think um, Michelangelo is the soul. He's the one that keeps them young. I mean, he's the he is the the would be the. Of course, you have April O'Neil to throw in there too. But 
if there's someone that's going to be there and say, hey, buddy, I, I want to talk to you. How are you doing? Let's go hang out. How are you doing? Are you okay? That's Michelangelo. I think Raphael's the body because if, if they're in a hand-to-hand battle and Raphael really goes all out, Raphael wins, in my opinion. And that's what I loved about TMNT because Leonardo goes, you can't beat me. And Raphael goes, oh, yes, I can. And he does. <laughs> because in the original incarnation, that's probably what more would likely were to happen is Raphael wins. Yeah, what I like though that the leader of the team is the one who leads best, not the one who's strongest. Yes, you know, and that's yeah. that's important, you know, to see that element and to to say okay, and it's similar to Avengers, I guess, too. Yeah, it's when, with Captain America. When yeah. the, when Iron Man just says, "Fine, Captain America, tell us what to do. We'll follow you because you're the one who can do it," and yeah. I might be able to, you know, have audiences like me more, but. But you're the one who should be leading the team. No, no, no. That's exactly the case. And that's that's why I probably more identify with that character at this stage in life because that's pretty much what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm leading a group of people in our church and helping other people identify I can't be the lone road because that's a that can be a very selfish place to be and you don't really help <laughs> everyone. So, So I think that that right now in my life, I'm a lot more like Leonardo. Excellent. This is, <laughs> I, I'm a little bit out of my element because I just don't know these guys as well as you do. So let, right. let me ask you guys this because we've, we've kind of talked about, and we've all talked about the, about the characters, but is there, um, any expectation? What is your expectation for the movie? Are you wait, wait! See it? You skipped least favorite character. Oh, sorry. I, I just want to throw this out there because this is a question I actually had an, a good answer for. My okay. least favorite character is Kang. <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> he, he, he was hilarious. Uh, I no, he wasn't. I hated was. him. Always hated him. That's his name, right? The guy who's like no, in the no, that, that that's Krang, not Kang. Krang. Okay, Krang. What you know? Yeah. <laughs> you hated him so much you didn't even want to say his name right. Yeah, well, it's Kang the Conqueror and Krang, Krang the, the Brain thing. <laughs> I hated that guy. Couldn't stand him. That's 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 all. <laughs> wow. I, I that, that's probably the strongest emotion that I have for for the mutant Turtles. He never showed up in any of the movies, did he? I don't think so. I think there's a reason for that. Because he was so awful as like the just the evilest thing. You just if you put him in a movie, it just wouldn't. I mean, it would look. It it, it would just gross everybody out. Everyone would like run screaming from the theater because no. It would be if so you put awful. him in a movie, they'd be like, "That's stupid." No, that character's no. dumb. No, because you do it the right way. You do it. You do it the way that that only you can sort of hint at at a cartoon. You know, the cartoon was was this awesome, terrible creature, but in real life, it would just be it would just blow it away. I well, there, uh, there's I, rumors that that he is the main baddie in this movie. Well, let's see what happens because if they do him right, I'll go with it. But because that because cartoon was not right, <laughs> he was just so over the top. Is the thing. Because this this um, outer space element or this alien element uh-huh. that is supposedly working its way into teenage, this movie, 
they're saying that that leads a, a direct connection to Krang. So we'll see. Let's put it this way. A lot of villains in Saturday morning cartoons or licensed cartoons, they just were dumb. Skeletor, <laughs> Krang, Megatron, and, Star- and Starscream, Cobra Commander. Cobra Commander is such an idiot. Such an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Lex Luthor, Darkseid, no. Magneto. No, I'm my, good with those guys. My least, <laughs> I'm good with those guys. My least favorite character would probably be, oh goodness. Um, oh, this is so why you skipped the question. <laughs> just say your fourth favorite. Don't say it's your least favorite because that makes it seem like you don't like the character. Just say your no, fourth I, favorite. I, I, I definitely don't like Venus de Milo because. <laughs> That that you know that right. means one that of goes the other. Saying. That means one of the brothers gets a wife, and then the other three are left in the cold because there's no one else that would have them. Um, Unless they reverse Mormons. Uh, that would be we're, weird. We're, come on, guys. <laughs> this is not the direction I was expecting this conversation to go in. Out uh, of the four, no, Venus de Milo was was out of was pure marketing. Yes, yeah, so I mean that's the, the only turtles. reason it was in there. But out of the four I, I would, turtles, who's your fourth favorite? Yeah, that's what I was gonna. I thought I was gonna answer which was my least turtle, and that would be uh, Donatello. Really? Wow. Yeah. Mine Is that just because you didn't connect with him as much? Because he didn't. You didn't. I, no, I, I just. Yeah, I mean, I just. It's not that I didn't connect with him. I just think he's the odd man out. I don't know why, but um, he just seems to be the less the uh, out of all of them. For instance, um, in every carnation, he kind of takes the role of someone else. In the cartoon, yeah, he's the he's the techie one, but uh, you know, it's kind of like a side note. He's kind of like, and then in the in the in the movie, the first one, it's both him and Mikey are the fun, goofy partiers, which that's always been the Mike the Michelangelo role. Um, I'd be interested to see how this movie differentiates himself because I don't think other than him being the smart techie guy i don't think he is as identifiable as far as uh, of a uh, architect architect yeah yeah i do like his look in the the trailer yeah he's got those you know goggles or whatever and almost like steampunk uh technology on his on his back or something i don't know uh, there's just it looks like the the this movie has so much potential just from the trailer and I'm I'm almost looking at the trailer and thinking I might go in and like this movie <laughs> and then I'm afraid am I, am I setting my expectations too high that I might go in and like the movie I don't know I have very low expectations um, not just not because I you know I, I went in hoping Transformers was going to be awesome and then I was extremely disappointed so I'm just going in saying this is going to be an okay movie. I'm expecting it to be two and a half, three stars tops. I think you're wise <laughs> to kind of approach it like that. But because I always find when I go into a movie with low expectations and it ends up being better than I expected, I end up having a good time, even if it's not a great movie. Right. But when I go in with high expectations and it's not as good as my expectations, then it's, I think I have a worse time than I would have. Um, but yeah, it's the trailer. It looks fun. It looks fun. I mean, there's yeah. there's a couple funny lines in the trailer, and if that's the kind of uh, character characters that we're getting, I think we could have some a fun time with it. If not, have a thematically rich time with it. <laughs> do you 
do you have any expectation there? That's what I'm. Uh, yeah, I now, think. Steve, do you have any expectation? You know, I. The there's something worse than going into something with a high expectation and being let down. It's going into something with a really low expectation or no expectation and still being let down. <laughs> and I don't, I don't want this to be that movie. I'd like to to be able to take this to take my my son to see this. And you know, he's he doesn't really watch the the turtles or anything like that. He's he's not a teenage mutant ninja turtle fan. But this would be a nice, you know, hey, let's go see the teenage mutant ninja turtles. They're heroes, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And just have it be another one of those fun movies. Um, I don't, I really don't want it to be. For instance, Green Lantern, you know, where I thought I could take my son. I, I bought the the DVD because it was like five bucks or something like that, and I'm like, oh, family family video night. I bought it five bucks or whatever. So uh, we sat down, and started watching it, and then they started to like use really bad language, and I'm like, this is a this is a DC Comics superhero. This is Green Lantern. Why would why do you, why would you put language like that in something that people would you know, bring their kids to. So that was something where I went in with no expectations or very low expectations and was still let down. Um, and I don't want the, I don't want this to be that, uh, the whole Michael Bay thing. It's going to have to get over that hump. Um, but what, from what I've seen, it looks like it's fun. It looks like it'll be fun. Yeah. My, my worry would be similar to that with the Michael Bay thing as, as far as transformers, should have been and it didn't have to have all of the the stuff in it with with the language and the you know the casual um maybe they didn't even notice racism of <laughs> some of the characters where they're just you know they're playing race racist stereotypes and yeah. it's just kind of oh, what and then just that visual lingering gaze that the camera does on female characters on the robots you i don't mind the gaze <laughs> cool cars excellent looking weird robots whatever but it just the way it objectifies women and then the way that it kind of just lays out the racial and and kind of sexual humor that just it just really bugged me and i'm hoping that there's none of that in this i really really hope there's none of that in this well so, what about so, you yeah. dr jace I, I, when I think of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I don't think family. So I don't plan on taking family to it because it, it's kind of like Batman, depending on the incarnation. I don't know yet what type, what style this is going to be. But looking at what Michael Bay has done, you know, I guess with, you know, you look at Transformers, if that's what you're going for, well, he's going to be gazing at the ladies all the time. You know, that's part of what he does. But yep. um, so I, I, I look at I, I don't know what this movie is yet. So I don't know what to look at it. I don't know if it is, you know, the as dark as or darker as the first uh, live action or if it is more like the second movie, which is lighter. I don't know what I'm looking at yet when I see the when I see the trailer. I'm not sure what version where they're going. So I'll wait and see if it's family friendly but my guess is it's you know PG-13 leaning towards um, Marvel 
comic violence style. But yeah. Who knows? I, I will say I'm almost more excited just to find out what you thought about it, Dr. Jace, than to find out what I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because yeah. you have more of a vested interest in it. You know, it's kind of like Godzilla. You know, if you were going, you'd be like, yeah, it's a Godzilla movie, whatever. But you, for me, it's like, wow, this is one of my franchises. You know, this is one of my sweet spots. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Just, I, I really hope it's good just for you. <laughs> so yeah. you could, I just hope that you could sit in the theater and be, and be entertained. And I actually, I'll tell you, you mentioned Godzilla. I had no interest to see Godzilla because I'm not really into that. Oh, a large thing is going to destroy another city. I've seen that 2,800 times. However, when I saw the trailer with Brian Cranston in it, all of a sudden I go, hmm, I might have to see that one in the theater. Yeah, he brings a grounding. He definitely oh, yeah. brings a grounded voice to the trailer anyway. Um, we'll see with the movie what actually happens. But, um, yeah, he's he definitely brings it to a human story on the trailer. We'll find out in the actual movie. Yeah, we'll figure that out. So, all right. Well, I think we should, uh, I think we should wrap this, this up. Do you have anything, any other questions that you want to ask us, Dr. Jace? No, no, I, I'm good. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. What about the I casting? Know. I don't know. I, I can't, yeah, I, I, I can't cast this movie. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think, you guys sometimes, especially voice actors, would be tough to. Yeah. Think. Go ahead. Well, guys, the two flankers here. Do you have <laughs> any final words uh, about Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes. Cowabunga! I think that's going to be my final word. My final word is a word that I've used on uh, Scrabble lots of times, and I owe it to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Za. Actually, as in pizza, right? It actually exists in Scrabble, yes. Nice. I will close with this. Uh, Raphael says, or uh, Splinter says this to Raphael in the first when Raphael's struggling. He goes, You are unique among your brothers. I am here, my son. <laughs> I love that part. I actually teared good. up. We barely like talked that. about Splinter. I know, we did. And I had to give him a, a little shout out because... When I was younger and I saw that part, I teared up and I go, I like Splinter. <laughs> no, it's it's a great respect for the mentor. I mean, that that happens in a lot of uh, karate and, and ninja movies and stuff. The sensei has so much respect. But think about it. In this movie or in this show about rebellious teenagers, there's a respect for the elderly. There's a respect for the one who's training you. There's a respect yeah. for, um, you know, the people who have age yeah. and experience. And, and that is something that's a very positive thing that honestly, you know, you didn't necessarily have in a lot of the other pop culture things that were going on at the time. And even, even now. So, that, okay. Yeah. Splinter. There we go. <laughs> I, th I guess I had two last words, splinter speech and cowabunga. There. All right. Good. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. And Dr. Jace, thank you for bringing us this topic. And I think that um, we've got a lot of movies to talk about, but I'm excited. I th I'm excited about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, 
just because of you, Dr. Jace. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll see how it goes. When does it come out again? Oh, I think it's the end of summer. It might even be the last one we talk about for the summer movie series. Well, I'm not sure. I'm, I'd have to look, and I don't... Yeah, we need to say goodbye. We'll, so. we'll see. All right, guys. Have August 8th. Right. August 8th. Okay, August 8th. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Good talk to you guys later. And thanks for listening, everyone. Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening.